I think it's legitimately fall now outside. I love how you said that like a like fall girl. I I'm going to go got some fall. Yeah. Uh, I just decorated my porch. <laughs> I'm going to get my parasol. It's so fetch. Um, <laughs> I have my buffalo chuck. We are not making fun of these moms, by the way. We're no, just jealous I'm just because jealous we are not these moms. <laughs> I saw this really great Instagram reel the other day that was like, it was like fall, like I, I don't even know what it was. I'm butchering this, but it was basically just like a mom putting out one pumpkin and then yeah. like moon walking away. <laughs> and she was like, I can't be bothered. Boom. I, was like, I was like, those are my people. Do you want to know what I have out? Yeah. And then I'll tell you what I have. Out. I have a doormat that says trick or treat. Does it? Oh, okay. I was going to say, does it say happy fall y'all? Cause that's what's happening around here. Nope. nope. Just the one doormat. That's I do it. have I do have some pumpkins, but the javelinas eat them here. The what? What did you, you say? <laughs> what did you say? What was that word that you just said? What was that? A javelina. What is a javelina? No, they look it's... like big wild pigs. And they roam the streets in packs. Look what? up a javelina right now. It starts with a J. Oh, I was. That's not how I was gonna. Javelina, like a javelin, like a javelin. Yes. Javelina fat. Uh. (laughs) What? Yeah, dude. No one can put pumpkins out because they eat them. They like smash flower pots. Do they also eat small children and little animals? (laughs) Like what? Javelina. They won't be aggressive unless there's like it's a baby and the mom's around. But I like legit couldn't leave my house one time because there was a pack of javelinas like just right there. And I was like, "Mm." Javelina, also known as the Teyasu Tahaku. Yes. Also known as collared peccary. Also known as ugly pig. Are medium-sized animals that look similar to a wild boar. No fucking thank you. Yeah. Average group size is 10 <laughs> or less, but a few herds have been known to number up to 53. Yeah, dude. There was like 20. Wait, just like in your neighborhood in suburbia, like with correct with like soccer moms around. Correct. All right. Well, this took a turn. Yeah. What were we even talking about? Oh, 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 oh. decorating. Fall. Yeah. Decorating. So no, so no one can put out real pumpkins here. It's a shame. Well, I have four real pumpkins okay. from the, the pumpkin patch. And mm-hmm. I have my bat lights, like the revolving purple bat lights on my garage. Of course. A wall. must. <clears throat> must for all. Mothers. A must for fall for all. Must for all for <laughs> fall for mothers of all. Y'all. Okay. Uh, and I have my two blow up some things. One is like a pumpkin dressed as a skeleton. And one is a dog in a vampire costume. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Yep. And I have a couple things on my door, like hanging on my door, a wreath okay. and like a skeleton that talks to you. So you went all out. I like Halloween. It's not fall in the sense of like mums and like, okay, see, shit. that's more it's my like, jam. Oh, see, I like the Halloween. Like I want 
more Halloween. Like I want a big spider web and I want like gravestones and I want music and I want the pumpkin. Have you seen the new like lights that you put in like on the pumpkin and it looks like their face is moving and talking to you like a jack-o'-lantern talking? Like I want that. Yeah. This episode is not Not about anything that we've talked about right now. Related to fall or pumpkins or Or wild boars or wild boars. But it is a good episode. It is. And we have a fantastic guest. You need to listen to it while you're decorating your porch. Don't turn that dial. (laughs) (laughs) Don't press the skip forward button. 30 (laughs) seconds. I know who you are. Don't open your Instagram app. Don't lose us in your earbuds. All right, we should go. All right, here she is. Here we are. And then she. And then us again. Join motherhood wellness expert, Allison from the Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert, Dr. Marcy at the Down There Doc, as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no, no mama, mama left behind. Hey, y'all. If you're a fan of the show, we would so appreciate if you could leave us a review. We love hearing from you and it really helps us bring you weekly content about all things mama. We're running a giveaway that includes free entry to my online course and community down there done right, where we take out the overwhelm of birth and postpartum recovery valued at over $300 and Allison's soul time guide, a 35 page workbook on how to find your identity and reduce anxiety in motherhood. We choose a one lucky mama per month. All you have to do is leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and stay tuned to hear us call your name on the show. Hey, Barfy Marcy. (laughs) It's a blast from the past. (laughs) That's an OG. If you don't know the story of that, you need to go back to episode one. Yeah. Right now. You're still that in my phone and will forever be. With the barfing emoji. Barfy Marcy. The dwarves. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. I am doing okay. Is someone sick again? Me, but it's okay. You are sick? Yeah, I like my throat is swollen again and I have an earache. But I feel like okay. I'm thinking it's just allergies. So I'm like taking all the electric. Totally. <laughs> totally. Ear pain. Ear pain. <laughs> swollen throat. 100% allergies. It's the ragweed. You should be the doctor. I know. I need to go. I know. I know. I know. I'm just going to wait till it gets like really bad. I'm just having heart palpitations, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure that's the pollen. Yeah. My left shoulder really hurts and it doesn't matter what I do. And I also have a hard time catching my breath, but I think it's just stress. Yeah, indeed. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. How are you doing? Growing that little human in there. I've, I've had a little setback the past couple of days. Uh-oh. Wow, I'm bro. feeling very much like I did in my first trimester. Oh, no. Super tired. Uh, like, yes. just not. I've been having headaches, like mm. semi, like migraines. Like, Mm-mm. I'm back there, and it sucks. Yeah, that's not good. You know what I realized? <clears throat> what? When I don't feel well. I like my subconscious brain mm-hmm. thinks that I'm doing something wrong. Like it's your fault. You don't feel well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's Interesting. very in line with me being a perfectionist. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I automatically like I get all down and like, mm. Oh, like, I feel like there's something I should be doing or something I'm missing. Like, yeah. Which obviously my rational thinking brain knows that isn't true. Yeah. But yeah, we talk a lot about like the subconscious and the conscious Mm -hmm. in my programs and stuff. And it's interesting because you think it's something as simple as like, well, I feel like shit. So mentally I'm not going to, feel great. Right. Right. Um, right. But if that was taken away, I think I'd feel a lot better. <laughs> I didn't blame myself for feeling yeah. the way that I do. And then I feel yeah. guilty because I can't like help as much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. rational me can say till I'm blue in the face, like, but you're pregnant, Allison. Mm-hmm. It's because you're carrying a child. But mm-hmm subconscious me is like you're a piece of garbage mm. other women can do this so i'm doing i'm doing really good okay okay i'm doing yeah. really good i'm also feeling like pretty swollen mm. um are you taking like, epsom salt baths that will help with swelling mm-hmm. see but here's the thing it's not swelling like in my feet and like my hands in that way it's just oh. my face Oh, so can I give my face an Epsom salt bath if possible? Get a roller and put it in the freezer. And so I have one. I just think it's a function. I mean, I I could try it every morning, I suppose. But like my nose gets like whiter. And also I turn into Rudolph and all these blood vessels right here around Mm -hmm. my nose Mm -hmm. because of like your increased blood volume. I literally went to a dermatologist last time because I was like, what? is wrong with my nose she's like oh yeah it's just more blood so yeah more capillary Rudolph yeah yeah I grow I grew like more freckles and moles when I was did you Uh uh-huh do you know what Ellie called this mole this morning what on my chin she said mommy there's your nipple (laughs) oh (laughs) could you imagine what if we just had nipples like everywhere like where moles and freckles are it was just a nipple like one that could lactate or like a vestigial yeah, nipple uh, both yeah. i mean whatever oh god could you imagine no oh so that's where i'm at okay. in pregnancy um mm. but before that i was like second trimester bliss baby Moving i know last grooving. last episode we, we were talking about that you're feeling a little 
exercising. Like, yeah. oh, and Randy, that's yeah. gone. <laughs> that is that is definitely gone. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Also, I love meat this pregnancy. Oh. Okay. As I'm eating a <laughs> rolled up piece of turkey. I mean, get it. Baby wants me. We had carne asada last night and it was like, oh, so good. Life altering. Life altering. But other than asada. other than baby things. Yeah. Um, Ellie's just so cute right now. Hmm. She's obsessed with rain boots. She's going through a rain boots phase in Arizona. Yeah. Well, it does um, monsoon here. So yesterday oh. we went puddle puddle jumping. <laughs> it does uh, monsoon here. It does. <laughs> we get like, like our front yard will be an r- actual river. Like you could take a kayak out and then an hour later mm. it's gone. Oh. It's did like you Jumanji. know? I did not mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I did not know. Is it an, an actual monsoon? Yeah, that's what they're called, monsoons. Oh, I thought like a monsoon was like like a storm that you like don't survive. Like a like a tornado oh. a killer storm. A kill, yeah. No. Or is it just a name for like a heavy downpour? I think I think a lot better. Let's Google it. Hmm. Oh. The rainy phase of a seasonally changing pattern. Not helpful. That's nope. <laughs> but um, a monsoon is more than just rain. It can also cause dry weather. What the fuck? Wow, we were really off. Were you thinking of a typhoon? Maybe. I was just thinking of like a big rainstorm that like flooded things. No, that that is exactly what happens. <laughs> but we just have such good like irrigation here and like shit figured out that it doesn't oh. stay. But the roads 100% flood. One time I was in Sean's truck, thank God. Um oh, that's the other thing. That is the other thing. Mercy. What? Fuck that story. It's pointless. Okay. I- <laughs> Sean sold his truck yesterday. Which is so great. No car at all. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Bicycle built for two. <laughs> Why did he sell his truck? Well, because it is part of our our plan, our long term plan. Because the Tacoma cab is like too small, teeny tiny, too small. Like, yeah, yeah. You need. I don't what? even think two car seats would fit in there. No, you need like an F one fifty or a Silverado, like I have. Yeah, but we're not like we don't need an F-150 or Silverado. You know, we're going to get like a touring sedan, you know, like one that Sean drives to work, can fit both car seats, whatever. That's a long sedan. term. A sedan, like a like a sensible like <clears throat> Nissan. Yes, like Maxima. a Honda Accord. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. because we're buying a Telluride or a Highlander. Right. So right. we'll have, you know, yes. and literally a Honda Accord is bigger in the inside than the Toyota Tacoma. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he came home yesterday and he was like, all right, got a buyer. And I'm like, like, for what? Great. What are we going to drive? And he was, I was like, when did you say that you were going to give it to him? He was like, tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. So all so we- of the, 
dealerships are closed on Sundays in Arizona. Same here. Um, so you got to go car shopping. So now I have to go car shopping. He extended hmm. it to the buyers are being really cool. So he extended it to Friday. Oh, but guess who has to go car shopping? I mean, I'm preaching to the choir to you because this is mm-hmm. your life too. But like our jobs are more flexible. So, so what, are you gonna, go. what are you going to get first? The Highlander, like the, oh. the, you know, I know I'm really excited. I don't, I really want a Telluride, but I just don't I'll think do it's it. a good idea in this market. Not in this economy. <laughs> for, for real. Like, first of all, they're hard, hard to combine. If you do find one, it's like a $5,000 markup. So, yeah. And I just, your Toyotas are so good. They're going to last forever. Oh, reliable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, well, good. New cars. Next for time all. we record, I'll be riding around in my new whip. Well, I got my, I had to take the truck, finally dropped it off at the body shop today because I've been driving around with a crushed truck for three, a month, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now I have my rental. What's your rental? It's a, it's a, it's a Armada, Nissan Armada. It's like the big Ooh. SUV. Yeah. Okay. So I have that and okay. uh, car yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you podcast about cars. Do you recommend captain's chairs? does it matter Mm. i'm going back and forth i do recommend captain's chairs okay because the highlander has three as a third Uh row right okay so here's the deal when the kids are i guess small or big you and both the car seats can go in the third row if needed Mm. like when you have your parents in town or like a friend or something and they can go in the captain's chairs or you can put like one car seat in a captain's chair and then one car seat in the back row, like a booster in the back or something. And then you or an adult can sit in the next captain's chair and it's easier to navigate and kind of get through. I mean, that's how the minivan was. And that's how Brent's SUV is two captain's chairs. And then the third row. Yeah. I've heard captain's chairs are the way to go. Yeah. Faux show. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Highlanders are fucking awesome. You're going to love it. It's like I'm such excited. a mom car. Yeah. Good for you. Um, Yeah. So all of my animals are, you know, not doing well, but it's fine. What? Yeah. Rosie is seizuring all over the place and um, Dante's hurt. So it's fine. I'm okay. Everything is fine. Fine. Wait, just, what happened? Like, what's happening with Rosie? Is her medication not working? I don't know. I think. I mean, they told me that this would, like, it, like the meds work until they don't work. You know. Mm-hmm. So, she just had like a really major seizure a lot this morning. I guess at one thirty, and um, oh. so that was really scary. And uh, yeah, I just feel bad for her. You know. Oh, baby. How is she now? Like post-seizure, she's really tired. Yeah, she's totally fine. She's normal. I mean, it takes a couple hours for her to get like post-dictal, you know, but um, but yeah, she was fine at 3.30. We finally fell asleep together. Um, but it's good. Kids are back in school from being, you know, six since before fucking Labor Day. And uh, it's going to be so cold here this week. It's going to be like in the 30s. We have like freezing 
temperatures. Yeah. So my friend went out, she's like, I gotta buy my son some pants. He's like, she's like, I don't think he has any pants. (laughs) So we're all getting ready for, you know, the winter apocalypse. Oh, a hundred percent. But it'll be like sweater for the first time today. Yeah. I'm in a sweatshirt and it's like 60, but, um, but yeah, things are good. I mean, we're just kind of trucking along and getting ready for Halloween and Oh my God. Do you guys know what you're being? I don't know what I'm going to be yet, but Will wants to be Gecko from PJ Masks. He is a PJ Masks. Speaking every, another language every year. You'll see PJ Masks. Okay. Is a good one. Yep. And Jonathan wants to be um, like some character from Star Wars that I don't know and cannot mm. pronounce, but mm. I have to like get creative and somehow like not make because I'm not going to be like sewing anything, but I have to like piece together a costume basically. But I think okay. it'll be fine. I think it's, he looks like a ninja, like a karate guy. Okay. I'm not really sure. Okay. <laughs> so I have to do that. <laughs> not sure about that one, but um, yeah, I got to get that. Fucking okay. Together. Yeah. But I finished yeah. my bathroom. <laughs> my naked lady wallpaper is up. I saw that on your Instagram. Uh, so good. What was Brent's thoughts? He's like, bathroom looks good. And I was like, I love it. And he's like, I'm glad. And then that was that was it. That's all we talked we'll about. We'll take it. Yeah. I and, and, the- and you hired someone, right? To do it. Yes. Like a task rabbit or something? No, he's like a legit like wallpaper paint guy. Like he's oh, nice. Yeah. So and he was like, I'm gonna varnish your front door because the sun is bleaching it, and I'm worried that the wood's gonna start to warp. And I was like, okay. So he varnished. He put like three coats of varnish on my front door. Can I put you on amazing. retainer? Yeah. Like- seriously, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he's gonna do the peel and stick that I ripped down in a fit of rage. He's gonna put up in my small toilet room in my bathroom. Yeah. 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 So he's going to come Thursday and finish that. And I'm like, Amazing. So yeah. So anyway, yeah, yep. that saga is over and it's yeah. a feminist, beautiful bathroom. We love Thank it. You. We love, love to it. see it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Oh my gosh. We're talking with the one and only Jenica. Is it Parcel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Herself. Yeah. Um, from, she has a podcast, Fearless Infertility. Yes. Um, Infertility. She's awesome. She is an IBF mama, such as yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about her journey through IVF. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to chat with her about, cause she does coaching for mm-hmm. women who are also experiencing infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I listened to a couple of her podcast episodes and it was right up my alley with like mindset. She was like yeah. basically talking about radical acceptance without naming it that. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to chat with her. You were yeah. on her podcast recently too. I was on her podcast recently. Yeah. We talked a lot about, um, public floor stuff for, kind of, you know, like second term moms, a lot of her moms that are going through infertility for this, you know, infertility treatments that are working for the second time and kind of what Mm -hmm. to, what to think about as far as pelvic floor and birth prep stuff. And then I chatted a little bit kind of about my infertility story. And it's just so interesting to see, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with Jenica, how, um, like how, how many options there are now for like outside support. Mm. when you're going through infertility for moms, you mean like, even since you were going since through it? I went through it, like there was yeah. nothing like this for me when I was yeah. going through it. I mean, social media back in 2000 and 
I don't know, 11? Back in 1987 <laughs> when we used paper and pencil. Uh, when there was a map that was spiral we didn't have podcasts. Bound. We had an FM and an AM radio. We had audio books. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like there wasn't anything like this. You know, so, mm-hmm. like there wasn't, you couldn't just search on social media and be like help with fertility or, you know, like you just couldn't do that. And so- I was going through some of it, so much of it by myself. I was trying to find therapists and, you know, Jenica's not a therapist, but so much of what we do here on NMLB and, and what we have found through our mothering journeys is that there's so much strength in storytelling and, and kind of having that common thread with people that have gone through it before. And I didn't have that community of moms that had gone through it. Like I had my friends that were getting pregnant all the time and not having any losses and not having the same experience that I had. And so they were very much like, and we've talked about this before, but they were very much like, they didn't know what Mm -hmm. to say to me or how to act around me or things that they said, like came out wrong. And it just was awkward and weird. And I just felt like I didn't know what the fuck was happening because I didn't, and I didn't have any support, you know, and Brent and I were super stressed about it. And I was like working full time. So anyway, the whole point is that it's just really interesting to kind of see how social media has been evolving and that now there's people like Jenica and you out there easily accessible to kind of help moms get through this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So she's going to come on. We're going to talk about some infertility stuff, some tips and tricks and some things that she coaches her moms on who are going through infertility, whether it's first time infertility or secondary infertility, you know, that's a whole nother ball game. Like you might've been pregnant, you know, no problem first time around. And then you're trying for a second or even a third and it's not going well and you have to go in for testing or treatment. And that's like a whole new ball game, especially when the first time was like so easy. I've also heard of it happening opposite where like, yeah, you go through Uh, IVF and then for sure you get pregnant. And a lot of times, not a lot of times, I shouldn't say that. I don't know the stats on it, but I have heard of you have like an eight month old. And I mean, you guys aren't, you know, the yeah. women I've talked to, it's like, we're not going to use protection. Like I can't get pregnant if it, if it yeah. yeah, either that yeah. or like, if it happens, like it's a fucking miracle. Right. So and so then sure. you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to have a really yeah. young baby and then another yeah. baby. So there's had a, a lot that goes into a, it. Yeah, for sure. I had a friend in Oregon who, um, was told she could never get pregnant. Like it was impossible for her to get pregnant naturally. Like she could not get pregnant and she had her third. She was like, Oh, like got pregnant with her third like that's bananas. Yeah. And she like never had a period naturally. What the? Like she had to go on medication to induce periods. Like ever since she was, had started, like there was something hormonally, obviously kind of what's that called? It's not spontaneous conception. Uh, Oh, um, Jesus, Jesus yeah, like- conception, <laughs> immaculate conception. Yes. yes, yes yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Jesus, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary born um, again. But yeah, it was her third and she got pregnant and she still never had a period. Right. Because like she never had a period. And then all of a sudden she was like, wait, (laughs) and isn't that wild? And she had, that was her third and she had like a young one at home. So anyways, yeah. Anyways, anyways, well, Jenica's coming on. We're excited to chat with her. So stay tuned. Yay. The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough 
without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. That's NMLB20 at www.thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there. All right, mom, she's here. My girl, Jenica is here. We're going to talk everything about infertility. What's up, Jenica? I'm just so delighted to be with you two today. That's oh, all I have to say about that. I mean, oh, come you on. are a delight. She is such a delight. Darn it. <laughs> <You're> so awesome. <laughs> Jenica from <laughs> Fearless Infertility is here. Um, we connected maybe about a month or so ago now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we just love her to pieces. And we're going to talk so much about infertility, what Jenica does to help moms. She's currently uh, about to just have her third baby fly out of her at any yep. minute now. So yep. we'll Let's talk about so. that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, so our first well, delivery on air would yes, be a real treat, Jenica. No be, pressure. You know, okay. No pressure. Yeah. We'll video the whole thing. We'll put it on YouTube. <laughs> it'll be great. Perfect. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up on that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to put you to the test after doing my program, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's see, how's mm-hmm. she been doing it? So yes. welcome. Tell us, tell our li- listeners a little bit about you and kind of what you're doing, and then let's dive in. Okay, cool. So like you said, my name is Jenica. I discovered your podcast a couple of months ago, and I was like, these girls seem like the type of girls that this girl needs to know. <laughs> so I just like slid into Marcy's DMs, and I was like, I love you. Hope it's not creepy. And she didn't think it was creepy. No, and really, exactly how we met. Actually, <laughs> are you serious? I, I slid into her DMs. One hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. I've just been. So I discovered your podcast at the perfect time because I'm pregnant. Like you had mentioned, I'm delivering my baby in a couple of days. And last time, so I have twins that are six. And last time I delivered, I had literally no idea what I was doing. Like I I was on the bed or whatever about to push. And I was like, okay, so how do you actually do this? I knew nothing. <laughs> now is a good time yeah, to discuss. Totally. Yes. So what are we going to get the here? cliff notes really quick? Could you just yes. plan? Like, so like what's happening? Actually, like I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind to ask. No, it's yeah. just no, so ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? And, yeah. Well, my OBGYN didn't, didn't tend to mention also yeah. like, Hey, yeah. maybe you should prepare yourself for this. So, you know, I feel like the fault is in both places. I'll, t- I'll own it. So this time I'm like, I need to actually own it and do something about it. So <clears throat> I've been taking the course and it's been so helpful because I actually know what 
a pelvic floor is and I know how to push and I know all the things. And Yay. so I feel so much more prepared, which I'm really excited about. Yay. And anyway, so that's a side note um, that I've been so appreciative of. Oh, and I'm so glad. But I started Fearless Infertility a few years ago and I started my blog, A Slice of Style in 2014. I had no idea I'd experience infertility. I actually started it because I wanted to start a family, but I also wanted to work from home mm-hmm. and have a creative outlet. And I was working full-time at a software company at the time. So I thought this is perfect. I'll start this. We'll uh, try to conceive. It will work. And then I will... <laughs> be able to work from home. Oh, and this is like a whole vision it all of how it's going to go. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, so it didn't familiar. quite work out that way as we can all probably induce yeah. no pun intended for my week. No, coming yeah. up. <laughs> and Labor so, on the brain. yeah, for real. <laughs> and so I did three IUIs. They all failed. I did two rounds of IVF. They both failed and we were back at square one. And so I felt like I was living this double life where I was online sharing Mm. about good deals and recipes and things like that. And then behind the scenes, I was struggling. Mm. And I wrote out the whole story after I got back from a trip to China, we were on vacation there and I actually had a miscarriage after the second IVF Mm. cycle on an airplane there. Mm. And I was up back home. I was like, it was like two or three in the morning and I was just really jet lagged. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna write out the whole story. And it felt super therapeutic to get it all out. And then I felt compelled to share. And I'm like, are we sure we want to do this? Because it's a little daunting putting something yeah. so vulnerable out there. Personal. Yeah. 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 So this was back in 2015. I didn't know a ton of people going through it. And I decided to hit publish it a few weeks later and I was blown away at how common it was. Yeah. And so long story short, I ended up sharing the whole third round of IVF where we were able to conceive our twins. They're now six, like I mentioned, a boy and a girl. And I just felt really called to help women with infertility. So that's what I've been doing since. And so now I I, have fearless infertility. And it's such an amazing podcast and such an amazing community. And what Jenica and I have talked about before, it's like that time frame, like 2014, you know, like around that, like there wasn't, there just wasn't options out there for that sort of support. And I started going through IVF. I want to say it was like 2012, maybe 2012. Yeah. 2012, 2013, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's all a blur, but there was like nothing. None of my friends were going through it. Nobody was experiencing losses. You know, my friends that were starting was sharing that they were experiencing losses. Well, none of my friends. Yeah. Oh, I mean, none of, yeah, my friends, I meant like my circle of women, you know, like either they were adamantly not trying to get pregnant, you know, like, right. Over like, <laughs> and, yeah. Or they were deciding that they wanted to start families and like, they would get pregnant right away, you know, go off birth control, get pregnant within two weeks. You know, they just had that sort of luck in life. And I was the same. I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to go off birth control in June. I'm going to be pregnant by December. I'm going to mm-hmm. announce it to my family with these really cute, you know, like bun in the oven pictures. Like I had it all planned mm-hmm. out, you know, and then it yeah. just was like, yeah, that's not happening. And I didn't know how to process that and who to turn to. And, right. mo- and like most of my inner circle just didn't understand because they hadn't gone through it before, not at, to any fault of their own, but it's like, right. you try to draw strength from, from those people, but they don't know how to treat you really, or what to say. And then it just becomes like awkward. And then you just feel alone. So I just think it's yeah. so important to have, you know, somebody like you that's able to kind of guide them through it. I mean, it's a whole new situation. Going yeah. Through. Oh, absolutely. And you don't prepare yourself for it because like you said, you didn't expect it. You have a plan. And typically, unless you're diagnosed with something when you're a teenager, you'd have no idea that it's going no to be idea. an issue. And so you don't prepare yourself for it. And then when it comes up at that point, you 
hadn't prepared yourself with any type of resources or support. And so at that point, you're like, okay, well, where do I turn? Because like you said, nobody's going to understand it unless they go through it themselves. And it's no fault of their own. But like, I don't understand what it feels like to go through a lot of trials because I haven't been through them. And then once I had, then I can support other people. Right. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Do you remember any of the things that you've heard that people have said to you that were supposed to be helpful, but not (laughs) helpful? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I try not to like keep track of them too much because I really, I really do feel like Get your notebook. We know there's a notebook. Like, the I have the them like, yes. yeah, the bird in my brain. Like, the PTSD. Yes. I'm like, never say that to somebody that's going through law. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People are so funny. It's like, it just cracks me up because I know they have good intentions genuinely, yeah, I but yeah. I remember me and this girl were talking at church at this like church activity and this other girl walks up, but we didn't know really well. And me and this first girl were talking about our, we both had shared infertility experiences. Mm-hmm. And this other girl wasn't even being asked. She's like, me and my husband just get pregnant so easily. Oh boy. We just oh. can't not get pregnant. And it's like, I, I just like laugh because it's like, I don't get personally offended because it's like, okay, well, cool. But like, maybe we should take some social skills classes. <laughs> so timing, timing helps. Yeah. Timing Phil, helps. Sir, oh read, read the room. Read this is yeah. funny. Yeah. I just mostly yeah. get a kick out of it because it's like people have good intentions, but they just, it's just like some people are just a little socially awkward, you know, yeah. got to give them a little a bit of a pass. Oh yeah. You're so, you're so nice. I, I and, just have like, and most Stop of the time you just deck them. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> Marcy's like deleting her from my friend list. Yeah. Her from Block. My friend list. Block. No we'll egg her house. Yeah. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> so yeah. So on your, your podcast, you talk a lot about um, mindset and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's in the work that you do with yeah. women in coaching too. Mm-hmm. Um in my coaching with women, I find a lot of perfectionist moms have a lot of trouble with motherhood in general because mm-hmm. the main thing is control, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm assuming mm. that this comes up a lot with IBF. Yeah. Because you're not in control and or you are previously a successful woman who's pretty much mm-hmm. been able to do anything she puts her mind to. Right? right. And that's kind of the message we're given. You can do anything you put your mind to. Right. Um so yeah, I I want to talk about mindset and and how you approach that because so much is out of your control. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the the thin line between like I don't want to get my hopes up, but I don't want to be like pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so talk a little about that. Such a good question and like you said I do think it parallels really well with motherhood because you have these kids and they don't do what you want them to do mo- most of the time. Most and of the it's time. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, same thing with infertility where I would say for sure, I, I was a perfectionist. I don't, I, I mean, I feel like it's like recovering perfectionist yeah, is what exactly. I use. Yes. I try my best not to We have to relapses. Be. We have relapses. Yeah, we, we have yes. meetings. Part of recovery. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I feel like that is probably one of the hardest things, like you said, because anything else you can typically accomplish, like say you go to school and you want to get really good grades. It's not, it's like you apply yourself and it happens. Correct. And right. then with infertility, oftentimes you're doing everything thing that you are supposed to be doing and it's not yeah. happening. And so it can lead people to be very frustrated and confused. And so one thing that helps me a lot is to realize that nothing's gone wrong when I am feeling in a negative way. And I used to genuinely think that I could be happy 99% of the time. And when I wasn't, that something had gone really wrong and I needed to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I 
and the thing that the reason why this is important, I think is because when we think that way, we're just causing ourselves additional pain because we're all human beings. We all have trials. We all have experiences that we wouldn't choose. And yet here we are. And then we, in resisting the circumstance that we're in. So for example, I'm experiencing infertility. None of my friends are experiencing infertility. I shouldn't be experiencing, you know, experiencing this. Then in that resistance, we're just causing ourselves more pain. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's just really realizing that it doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. And I, you, and, and there's nothing wrong with reacting in that way, except for you're the one that suffers. And so mm-hmm. For me, it's just realizing, okay, I could choose that. And again, there's nothing wrong with me if I do, but do I want to suffer or do I want to take control of the things that I actually can control? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say a lot, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love so that. it's the distinction between those two and accepting your current circumstances and also like accepting your feelings about them. Like we don't want to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't be sad about this. Yeah. Like, yes, you right. can, but you can't stay there. Right. right? Yeah. Like we need to feel the feelings, mm-hmm. validate them, and then and then what? Right. And then yeah. mm-hmm. change our mindset to help us, like you said, prevent suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcy, what was your experience with that like? Not that. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I just don't think I had like the pr- I I don't know. I feel like looking back now that it's over and through it, nobody really gave me, and I don't know if I needed this, but I never really had the permission to like feel one way or not feel one way. Like whatever I felt, whatever I felt, I felt like was wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever my experience, my response to whatever experience was happening was always like, somebody would always say that I needed to be doing the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, there was no validation. There was no education about this. There was no figuring out, you know, pain versus suffering or like, how are you, you know, how are you experiencing it? It was like, if I'm having a bad day, then I'm being negative, right? Like if I'm worried about the pregnancy, then, you know, I'm being a pessimist. You know, if Mm. I, when I had my miscarriages, you know, at least I could get pregnant. So why are you upset that you lost the babies? You know, it's like all Mm -hmm. these, like nobody ever, allowed me to feel a certain way. And I mean, that sounds ridiculous because like I can feel however I want to feel, but I, I generally didn't think that I could. And that if I voiced any of that, that it was like constantly being told to feel or do something the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but I can imagine that it's even harder too, because, you know, stress affects fertility, right? So then if you stress about it and then it's going to make it all worse and then it's just... Mm -hmm fucking excuse my language vortex <laughs> yeah of like the stress worry and for like i yeah. can imagine that that is really really painful yeah. yeah and i love that you said that too because i felt like that the first time i went through it because i didn't have the tools that i that i have now through mm-hmm. being life coach certified because i thought the same thing i thought i would let myself feel negatively f- for a few minutes but mm-hmm. then i would say well at least i have a good job oh. and at least i have a good marriage yep. right and it's like no yeah, I can be happy about that. And I can also be upset that right. I'm going through this as well. And and there's room for both. Right. Yeah. And that was never really explained to me. And mm-hmm. maybe I just wasn't in a place emotionally to like figure that out for myself, you know, but that would have been really helpful <laughs> to, yeah. to like have somebody like help kind of work through all these emotions. And I think the other piece of infertility that people don't really realize, and I'd love to hear your take on this, Jenica, and what you've seen from your clients and also in your own experience is that 
in addition to the emotional turmoil of it, like just the fact of going through the treatments and, you know, having all of this uncertainty, there's a lot of logistics and financial Mm -hmm. issues to infertility that I don't think people understand. And it takes over your life in every aspect from calendar planning to finances, to missing work last minute, to making sure that you get your blood tests back. So you know what dosages you need for your medications, making sure you don't run out of medications. I mean, I remember one time, one of the first times I was doing infertility first cycle in California, I didn't know that I had to keep like refilling one of my injections. Like I Mm -hmm. thought what I got was what I had, but I didn't realize like nobody told me, oh, that's only going to get you through like a couple days. So it was like, (laughs) Brent was out of town. It was like seven o'clock at night. And I get the call that says, you know, like, okay, these are your values. And this is what you have to take tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have any of that left. (laughs) Like I have none of that left. And you can't just like go to CVS and like, right. At this, like it was shipped to me (laughs) for like specialty pharmacy. Yes. For thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? And so I had to find, like, I called my doctor. He was at a movie. He was like on call or something. (laughs) And he's like, Hey, I'm at, I'm at a movie. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't have it. Like, what do I do? And he was like, okay, we're going to, we found like a specialty 24 hour pharmacy in the middle of San Francisco that I had to go to at like 10 o'clock at night. I just, for this one injection, it was like $750. I had to go, I went there in my pajamas by myself where I was traveling. I had food poisoning. So I like pulled over on the side of of the Bay bridge and vomited and then like pulled over, like outside of the pharmacy vomited, went in. And she's like, do you know that this medication is like $750? And I was like, yes, just give it to me. Then I had to like (laughs) turn around and drive out. And it was just like all of these moving pieces that I felt like I had like another thing that I had to do, like rearrange my work schedule and cancel conferences and, you know, push my patients back. And it's like, you can't plan for it because all of a sudden they're just like, okay, we're doing the transfer on this day, or we're doing a retrieval on this day, or we need another week. So it's like, you're just flying by the seat of your pants. And, (laughs) and it's like, how do you manage that? Yeah. Such a good question for me. First of all, I have the same reaction. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, you guys trust me to give myself all these injections (laughs) at the right time. In the right, like a hundred percent, yeah. Like drawing up oil, like what the hell? Yeah, Yeah. I don't understand how responsible. Yes, you would have to mix them. Yeah, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to me. So yeah, I I had the exact same reaction. I would say, looking back on it, my advice for people that are currently experiencing something like that is, you know, with infertility or with any other thing that's kind of taking over your life like that, I would say for me, it's helped me compartmentalize my life into seasons because I used to want to be able to do all the things at all the times at at every time of my life. And that is so unrealistic (laughs) and so exhausting. And so even like right now, I mean, (laughs) I'm in, I know. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could, but (laughs) I just feel like for me, it helps me to be like, okay, this is a season of my life where infertility is kind of taking over. And there's going to be other things in my life that are just going to have to fall to the wayside a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so even for me, for example, like with my baby coming, like there will obviously be a huge change in my life where I have been able to work all day when mm-hmm. my kids are at school. And that's been 
this free time for me. And so I'm going to have to rearrange things to where I can work on certain days and get childcare. And this is the season for little kids. And there will be seasons when they're older, where I'll have all day, every day to do certain things. And so that's kind of how I approached infertility Mm. as well, which is so hard for people who are control freaks and like perfectionists, you know? Weird. Yeah. It's so weird. So then I'm like, you can either... <laughs> I'm like, you can make yourself absolutely insane, or you can be like, okay, well, how can I make this the best possible situation for myself? And again, yeah. like I mentioned, who's the one that suffers if you don't? You do. Like you yeah. feel miserable all the time putting yeah. all this unexpected, like all this pressure on yourself. And so for me, it helps me to compartmentalize my life into seasons and like this yeah. is the infertility season. And we're just gonna have to try to stay as organized as we can, do the best that we can with what we got. It reminds me, um, it reminds me a lot of so simple. I know. You know, it sounds easier than it, it actually <laughs> is. Right. It's true. It's true. It reminds me a lot of like, I work with moms that go crazy over sleep schedules, right? Yeah. Like they just, most of them, all of them are perfectionists. Me. Right. So Same. it's like, but they only nap 30 minutes. They're supposed to nap an hour and a half. What am I yeah. doing wrong? What, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, when yeah. we have like these algorithms and we're tracking mm-hmm. and it's almost like that, scenario breeds that type of behavior, right? Like you guys have schedules, shots on this date, you have to do it this date, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you're already in that mindset of like, okay, I need to be on top of it. Mm -hmm. And so in that time period to also be like, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. That's like really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Your brain to do at both times. Um, so I can see how that would, like, I would just eat that shit up. You know, I'd have it yeah. color coded. Yes. <laughs> I literally converted my guest bathroom into a, a drug, a drug lab. I literally put it, like a sign that said, Jenica's drug lab. Nobody else was using it for anything. So I was like, this is it. So I would, Jenica's drug lab. I would set everything out and just try to keep things organized. I'm like, might you as well like try to make a sharps this. container, like yeah. a biohazard. You would yeah. not believe how many sharps can, <laughs> and you would not believe how hard it is to get rid of a sharps container. With like, oh, use. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah, just you can't just set drop it on it fire. Is what yeah. I would do. No, you just have to like go in the backyard. I, and I remember one time I was like, I, it was overflowing, and I was like, I need to get rid of these fuckers. Like, I yeah. had so many of them, and I like tried to take them to a pharmacy. I was like, here, and they're like, we can't accept those. And I was like, why not? And yeah. I, they're like a biohazard. And Here's I was like, medical well, you gave them to me. Yeah, sure. right. I was like, you gave me these. Tra-. And so like, I had to, it was, that was a whole nother thing. I was like driving around with all these sharp, like full sharp papers on the back of my Subaru. Like, what am I <laughs> People are like, why do you have those? I'm like, oh, I'm just going through IVF for the second time. It's cool. Yeah. Don't mind me. Ridiculous. Wait, that's hilarious. I literally have just thrown them away in my trash can. I probably get like arrested for that. So Jenica, yeah, no, yeah, I say that on air, Jenica. (laughs) She's kidding. She's kidding, everyone. That's not a joke. I was just testing you. She she takes them to her um her doctor's office and they properly dispose of them. I do. Yes, I have. Absolutely. (laughs) She's throwing them at the target. Who wants one? You want some? You want some of this? I got you. I got you. I have a question for both of you gals. What is it different? I'm assuming it's different. And how is it different? Jenica start with IVF round number one Mm. versus IVF round number two, because both Mm -hmm. of you had after failed, but then you ended up having a successful Mm -hmm. IVF round. You have kids now. Mm -hmm. And then you start for number two. Like what's that like mindset wise? For me, so we did a few rounds of IVF. I would say the first, so to get my twins, I feel like I kind of lump it all into the same situation. 
And I loved it in the fact that I feel like being naive is such a gift sometimes because you have no idea what to expect. And so you don't know how hard it's going to be. Now, mm-hmm. the second time I was perfectly happy with two kids. I just felt like there was another one and just was nagging at me for a couple of years. And so finally I decided to move forward, but I honestly like genuinely feel like I had PTSD from the first yes. time. Mm-hmm. And that included my pregnancy because I was pregnant with twins and I got preeclampsia delivered at 32 weeks, oh, ended wow. up uh, getting the Epstein-Barr virus and taking a few years to c- recover from that. And it was just mm-hmm. a lot. And so my body was like, we don't really want to do that again. Like that was not yeah. an ideal situation. So for me, I feel like it was harder because I knew what to expect versus going in the first time. Mm. There's like this beautiful naivety where I'm like, oh yeah, you just do fertility treatments and it works. And Mm. that's what I thought. And it didn't, but I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love being naive sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. hundred percent. Do you, and there it goes. No idea what I was going to ask you. (laughs) It's an excellent question. Thank you. Thank Thought you. Okay. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this pregnancy brain is so bad. It is. It is. It's, it's gone. Good. Yeah. It'll okay, come. Marcy, your take. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take, take it away. away. <laughs> take it away. And Marcy, <laughs> save me. Thank you. Back in the studio. Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, similar. I had PTSD. I think I had a lot of PTSD from the first two losses for me. And then when I got pregnant with Jonathan, um, <clears throat> like I had that, I feel like that kind of previous experience, like with PTSD gave, like made my pregnancy a little bit more challenging because I was afraid that I Can would I be annoying it. and correct you guys from a mental health perspective. Yes. Yeah. Call it it's trauma. Trauma. Okay. Mm. Not PTSD unless you actually were diagnosed with PTSD. I was okay. not diagnosed with PTSD. So okay. trauma. Yeah, I feel like that, that really influenced kind of how I felt through my pregnancy and my anxiety kind of went with that. Yeah. The second time around. So we only had two embryos left after Jonathan. So we had four good ones and they did two Jonathan and one, and then Will and the other one went on ice. And so it was like, that was our last chance. And we knew we wanted to try again. And that was like what we were going to do. So I felt like I just kind of was like, okay, this is it. Like, you know, we're all in and we're going to try with these last two embryos and whatever happens happens, you know? And I think I had been through so much at that point that I was so grateful for Jonathan. And I was like happy with that result, you know? And, um, I, I, I was a little bit nervous and scared with Will, but it just seemed like it wasn't as all consuming mm. because I had Jonathan too, you know? So like before that, all I was focusing on was yeah. those embryos and the thickness of my lining. And, you know, like, what does this number of progesterone level mean compared to yesterday's? And like, you know, I was doing all the things and then, and then I had Jonathan and then I had like got a, no time. <laughs> yeah. I had an 18 month old. Right. And so I yeah. was like, I don't have time to obsess over my lining. Like I can barely shove progesterone suppositories into my vagina at the correct time and work full time at the clinic and have my 18 month old, you know, like I didn't, I just didn't have like the time to be Google scrolling, you know, researching all that stuff. So 
Um, I, I do think it maybe it was a little bit easier and I did know what to expect because it was the same physician with mm-hmm. my second than it was with Will. So like I was familiar with the office. I was familiar with the nurses. I knew how they did things in terms of, you know, your calendar and your appointments. And I knew that I could have acupuncture on the day of the transfer. And I knew that I would be on three days of bed rest. So I was able to like, you know, kind of plan, like I knew it all. So I felt a little bit more prepared. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it still was scary and, you know, those first, you know, six week wait or what, you know, two week wait or whatever, you yeah. know, is always a little bit, um, a little bit scary. And then with Will, I think I told you, Jenica and Allison too, I had that placental abruption at 17 weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was like a whole nother triggering event, you know, yeah, and I yeah. was, I was, you know, afraid that it was over and that was it and, you know, blah, blah. But I don't know, man, IVF just does it. It's just like a whole new but you yeah, did IUI yeah. to start, right? Like you were, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I did go three. right into IVF. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot. And I think that yeah. the horm- there's so much you can control with mindset, but this last round of IVF, well, this last frozen embryo transfer really reminded me that there's there so many hormones that are affecting you that you also yes. typically can't fall mm-hmm. back on your normal coping me- mechanisms right. because you're, you're not yourself. So yeah, your hormones you don't are being so yeah. affected. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it it was honestly a good reminder for me, honestly, in my coaching, because I think that Mm. in my normal mindset, I can control Mm -hmm. like, you know, the most of my, I would say all of my experience and how I react to things. But when you're taking progesterone and you feel like an absolute psychopath, it doesn't quite work as well. And so it was a good reminder to be like, have a lot of grace for yourself in that. Right. Yeah. You were, I was actually going to bring that up because in the episode I was listening to, you were talking about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's such a good point. I was in my first trimester feeling like absolute garbage. And I was really hormonal and experiencing a lot of things that I didn't experience in my first pregnancy. That was like like bliss, you know, like mm-hmm. really felt pregnant, like didn't like, you know, I just mm-hmm. felt great. Um, and I, you know, whenever things are out of my control, I beat up on myself. Somehow it's my fault, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing mm-hmm. enough, I'm not whatever. Um yeah. But yeah, not it's it's, a, it's that control piece again, mm-hmm. right? And surrendering yeah. mm-hmm. and just accepting where you're at in this moment um, is really valuable. Yeah. yeah, and really hard when you feel like absolute crap. Yeah, and like <laughs> so you just, yeah. and you just don't even have like the literally the chemicals in your brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, to like to get there to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Did, did you ever do anything just absolutely bananas when your hormones were tanking? Like, do you remember any Did crazy you rob a bank? Yeah. Like anything insane. <laughs> I, I threw away all my word. sharps containers in my, in my regular trash can. No, <laughs> Living on the that edge. Was when, that you was are. when I did that. Don't tell. <laughs> it was when my oh estrogen my was zero. Uh, okay, yeah, like, did you flip question. out on your husband or like, did I'll you have less patience with your kids? Like, I feel like that? this time I was just more, it was more, I was depressed, but I would say no. the first time. I was so furious. Even thinking about it makes my blood boil because my <laughs> husband, <laughs> my husband and his brother, they got like these dirt bikes. And I don't know why they didn't think that they should just tell me, but they lied about it. And well, I think oh, my boy. husband or something, they, they, he like got a couple of dirt bikes and then he lied about it saying that it wasn't his, which is I, I like anyone that lies. I can't, I'm just like, and as if I'm not going to find out later. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was so oh annoying. God. So his wife had called me my, so my sister-in-law called me and she's like, did you know about this? I was like, oh yeah. Tyler told me that Drew bought both the bikes, which I don't know why I didn't think like 
hey, maybe, if, maybe one person doesn't need two bikes, you know? And she's like, no. She's like, that's not true. And I, I, I literally called him and I was like, is this true? Did you buy one and not tell me? Because he like flat out lied to me about it. And, and that's just not okay with me. I, I can't deal with any type yeah. of dishonesty. It's just not, just yeah. not something I accept in my life. And so anyway, I freaked out. I was like texting my brother, like F-bombing him, and which is so not my personality <laughs> at all. But I was like, I think I had just found out that the cycle didn't work and my hormones were raging. And I was I like, that'll do it. You'll not get away with this. That'll <laughs> do it. You get the wrath. Oh yeah. I'm like, it was like full on, like I was crazy. And I honestly, looking back on it, I kind of still feel like he deserves it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like I'm I kind of want to protect him right now, actually. And just this (laughs) one more time. Just take like a picture of a dirt bike and be like, just so you remember. Just just punch him in the face and be like, you know why. (laughs) You know why. You know. (laughs) We will never forget the dirt bike scenario. You know what you did. My husband did that with a surfboard one time, but he didn't, um, like he went surfing with some friends and then I met them for dinner afterwards and like, just nobody was talking about it. And all of a sudden his friend was like, yeah, you know, that surfboard that Brent just bought like four hours ago. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And Brent's like, God damn it. And I was like, what? Like, and I wasn't and like even... they're gonna get away with it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, it's sitting in our garage. Like, yeah. it's not like it's far. Yeah. I'm gonna see it in two seconds. But I don't yeah. know. So not funny. the smartest. These men. No, Jenica. Oh. Do you feel like because you you even said straight up and like in listening to your podcast, I can tell you know, and obviously you're a life coach now. So mm-hmm. mindset. You know, you feel like you have control. You're no longer a victim to your life. Do you feel like that was born through these experiences or do you feel like you were that way from a young age? Mm. That's That's a great great question. question. I feel like I was kind of born that way. And I feel like out of not having the easiest childhood necessarily, I I actually wouldn't change a single thing about it because I feel Mm. like you really become reliant on yourself to create mm-hmm. whatever you want to in life, which, you know, is a double-edged sword because then that breeds like perfection and control, I think, but mm-hmm. I, oh, it has its own set of p- potential issues. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I would say I realized that like, I know who I am, which is, I believe it's a daughter of God. And I think that in knowing that, I've just really kind of dove in. I don't think, I don't really actually know if that's a word, dived into. Dove. 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 Uh-huh. I dove. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've really tried to understand what that means. And I yeah. think that, he, that like God is a creator. And if I am in fact a daughter of God, then I am a creator myself. Mm. And that, that means I can create what I want. And so I've really studied mm. that. And I've just refused to accept that you can't have whatever you want in life. I just feel mm-hmm. like that's just something that's like an internal truth that I have mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. wanted to believe. And so that's when I, when I heard the concepts of life coaching and about the model that I now teach in terms of like, you have circumstances that oftentimes you wouldn't choose, but what can you do about them? Mm-hmm. And that I've just loved that because I feel like it provides you with so much control and then you're not a victim to whatever happens outside of your life. And right. I really do believe that as human beings, every single human being on the planet has experiences that they wouldn't choose and that are really, really challenging. And so with that, it's helped me to also say, okay, well, if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. And Mm -hmm. it's not like anyone else's life is perfect. So I never compare myself to 
well, my situation is so much harder than this person's because I don't even know what they're going through. And so just that knowledge of the, just the, the nature of being a human being is experiencing trials. It helps me to just handle my own with what I can control. Yeah. I feel like so good. That probably served you very well along this, this journey. Um, Mm -hmm. And then are are you familiar with Joe Dispenza? I've heard of him. I don't know a lot about him, but I have heard about him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, it's, you know, that whole realm of like mindset and now quantum physics is like actually proving all the things that like spiritual teachers and others have said for a long time. Mm. Um, But like, yeah, I think, I think that you're either born with this sort of mindset, either out of circumstance or, you know, your Mm -hmm. parents raise you that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or like in my case, I was definitely not born that way. I was Mm -hmm. definitely born like a pessimist. Mm -hmm. Nothing's ever going to work out. Mm -hmm. You know, like called myself a realist when really I was was a pessimist. But my, (laughs) I'm just a realist. I don't think you're like that now. No, I know that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is going through you know, I've also done a lot of therapy, but going <laughs> right. through it's lots to unravel, but going through the postpartum experience, which was so difficult for me mentally and physically. And then, you know, if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be with you guys right now. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't have my business. Yeah. I wouldn't be working with moms. Yeah, um, for sure. So I just think it's cool that experiences like these, though they are traumatic and we're not taking that away um, can create, you know, this new mindset shift or a new way of, of thinking or, or looking at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's so smart to look at our circumstances that way, because you're right. I think that if you didn't have them, there are so many things you would be robbed of because of not experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many cool people I've met and so many cool experiences that I would have ha- never experienced if I wouldn't have gone through yep. that. And yeah. so it's like, we think that not experiencing really hard things is in our benefit sometimes. Cause (laughs) yeah, yeah, because it feels so uncomfortable, but in reality, Mm -hmm. you'd also have this boring life where you don't have those lows to compare the really good highs to, it would just kind of be just a solid line. That's really kind of boring and not exciting because you don't have the contrast. Yeah. 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 And I, I think too, that people have a hard time discerning between toxic positivity Mm. and that mindset. So like, how do you toe the Mm. line between that with your, your clients? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I feel like I used to be toxically, toxically positive because I thought the the goal was to be happy all the yeah. time. And now my goal mm. is 50-50. So genuinely, and I believe that half the time we're going to be experiencing really hard emotions that are uncomfortable, that are really causing us to grow. And the other half of the time we're going to be feeling happy. And it's not in a day's period, I would say over the span of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So for me, it's not resisting when I feel those negative emotions and and telling people, mm-hmm. like there's some things that you want to feel sad about. Like there's human trafficking. Do I want to feel good about that? No, I want to feel upset about that. And yeah. so mm-hmm. there are certain things that I like to call dirty pain and clean pain. And the, the clean pain is things that you don't agree with or that, that there are things in the world that are happening that are just really awful and you want to feel upset about. And then the dirty pain is where you're exasperating the emotion, like, like, okay, well, this is my situation. Like we talked about earlier, I shouldn't be feeling this way Mm -hmm. and like fighting against just normal human emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I think for me, 
just like that, just accepting that. And I used to think that, like, I remember the first time I heard that concept and I thought it was so dumb. Cause I'm like, why would you, why would your goal be 50, 50? I'm like, but in reality, <laughs> you actually feel yeah, better yeah. because you're not, I, I would say if you're not trying for 50, 50, you're probably feeling more like, you know, 80% bad, 20% good. Because when you are feeling crappy, you just make that crappiness feel crappier and crappier mm-hmm. because like you're a failure resistant. because you feel crappy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like failing. Yeah. yeah it just keeps yeah. going. So, so now I just like let myself feel and just say like, Oh, it's almost like I, t- I try to look at myself as I would a friend or like observe myself from outside of my yes. body almost. And just yes. say like, Oh, there she is. She's just a human having a normal human experience, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of like take away the ego out of it a little bit. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, it's showing me. yourself empathy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm it's like how you would empathize with somebody in your life that's going through something similar. And I think that's really hard to do, especially as moms, regardless of whether you're going through infertility or not, it's like, it's hard to give us our own empathy and like, yeah, be empathetic towards ourselves, especially when we're dealing with sleepless nights and, you know, kids that are sick and, you know, just the constant needing of us for other people, you know, I mean, that's really hard to do. And I think yeah. it's important to think about like when it's appropriate to apply that mindset, right? Like when yeah. you just found out, like when you just started bleeding and you found out you're miscarrying, it's okay if that's not to, the time to be like, well, you know, I'm going to gain something from this experience. Like, mm-hmm. no, oh, yeah. you can sit in that pain right yes. now. Like you, Absolutely. you need to sit in that pain mm-hmm. and just be there for a little bit. You can't, mm-hmm. a lot of people want to skip that step, mm-hmm. right? They're like, Ooh, I don't have to feel pain now. I can just Mm -hmm. have a positive mindset and just, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but then we're just repressing emotion and that, yeah, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. It comes out when you least expect it. It is a delicate, a delicate dance that can take like years to, to figure out, you know, like maybe you'll be toxically positive for a couple of years or maybe you'll be depressed for a little bit. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I would say in the beginning when I was really trying to understand this, because it, it is hard to practice it when you haven't been practicing it your whole mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And for me, I would say to start it is to look at, like you said, Marcy, I think it was you that mentioned it a minute ago, look at yourself like you would a friend. And mm-hmm. so instead of saying, because I think inter- our internal dialogue can get much more harsh than we would talk to someone that we really love externally, like a friend or a daughter, for, for instance. And so I would just say for me, that helped a lot to say, okay, how would I talk to a friend like this? And then, and then eventually I just started, it became a habit. So I didn't have to think about it like that, but I feel like that's a great place to start if people are having problems with how do I even begin there? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Jenica, we love you and we're so glad that you're here. And um, where can our mamas who might need you going through either first primary um, infertility or secondary infertility, where can they find you? And are you going to be taking new clients now that the baby is going to be flying out in a day? (laughs) (laughs) I really wish that the baby would just fly out. It sounds much more pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, I will. So I'm taking a few one-on-one clients right now, but if they want to kind of figure out what I'm all about, my podcast, Fearless Infertility is a really great place to start. And then I share my life every day on uh, my Instagram account, which is just my first and last name, Jenica Parcel. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Super helpful. Yay. Well, congratulations, guys. Yeah. Oh my God. Thanks Thanks. for coming. Congrats on the new baby. I want to hear details after. Do we know the, the sex? 
Yeah, it's a boy and he's measuring quite large. And oh boy. That's okay. I just feel like I have hey, so many tools. Thanks. To that's right. Your pelvic floor is ready. You've got me on speed dial. We yes. are, we're good to go. Did yeah. you do vaginal for the twins? I did. Yep. Okay. They came so, really early, so it'll be a little different. And I didn't really yeah. know what I was doing. So yeah, but, I mean, it ended up working out just fine. That'd be luckily. great. Everything's going to be, gonna be fine. Thank you. Everything's going to be fine. Yay. I love that. Yeah. Right. Present. That's right. There you exactly go. Exactly right. Well, thank you, Jenica. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks guys. Bye. 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 What a treat. I wish I had her when I was going through all my shit for five years. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've said that about you too. I really wish I had like my whole team, any mental health support at all. It yeah. sounds like <laughs> any support at all in any <laughs> Avenue at all. It doesn't matter. Just somebody that a just coach, would, a spiritual yeah, teacher, something that just, was not Google and not any of my, this would have been helpful. Not my pessimist mother who was like, yes. well, if it's not going to work, you might as well just stop doing it. Oh boy. <laughs> so, you know, okay. all yeah. right. Let's yeah. Let that one. Go out. There were <laughs> lots. <laughs> Just flew out of my mouth. Yeah, I don't know. There were lots of gems in there. And I mean, she's amazing. That are applicable to IVF and motherhood and trauma and, you know, all of it, which is all included in IVF. Um, So, yeah, what a great episode. Yeah, she's awesome. You guys really should check her out on her on her podcast, Fearless mm-hmm. Infertility. She's wonderful. Her family is adorable. Yep. Um, she has really great guests on. They talk <clears throat> about really great topics and and we just Yeah, I saw um, one that was like how it affect how IVF can affect your relationship. Mm-hmm. It's um, huge. She yeah. talks about like all aspects of it. So it's a really great resource for yeah. IVF mamas. Yep. So check her out. Thanks for listening today. As always, please rate and download our show, subscribe to the podcast that helps us help you help me help you help everybody. Yes. Leave Um, us a review um, and make sure you enter our our giveaway. giveaway. Yep. All right, moms. Love you. See you on the other side. Mm